welcome back guys we're starting part two we are breaking down a ton of content today a little bit of something for everyone and a little bit of some shit for nobody here unfortunately in this round things get more serious than we would like it's no surprise that we have more domestic violence violence issues coming out of the nfl and knowing me and nemo are not the type of people to shy away from topics like these we you know one of the reasons we started this pod was to be able to tackle this kind of stuff head on and really you know we we have very strong opinions that we think people on say espn also have but they can't say it because of their platform and we have a platform that we can really say what we want to yeah, these are the kinds of things that we need to be talking about the most. Like Harry and I both have very different perspectives, just having walked very different paths in life. And obviously me being a female athlete and him being a male athlete, how we view the situations are different. So we're hoping that these kinds of conversations can just help foster like positivity to come out of this instead of just being like the negativity and the like constant left and right that seems to come down on these kinds of issues. Because the only pl- the, the only place to start on difficult topics like this is good, um, good faith conversation about it. We're definitely not going to solve these problems overnight and we're probably not going to solve them within the next month. But we can start the problem solving by just having the hard conversation and listening to the other person's like side of the issue. While nobody's going to enjoy the content of this episode we do hope that you know you enjoy the perspectives that we can bring and the fact that we don't shy away from talking about this stuff so guys this is our second episode of the night this is sports grounds with harry and nemo well i don't think that we should even do like a miniature break i think we should just dive right in because you and i have been Mm -hmm. kind of bottling up how we feel on these issues um so we could have this conversation on the podcast tonight yeah so what we're talking about tonight is the rash of sexual assault and domestic violence issues that plague the nfl men's sports i would say in general but the nfl specifically is it's overrun by this type of shit I mean, there's issues in in basketball and Major League Baseball. Nobody really cares about the NHL. Um, But especially this past week, we have Kareem Hunt and um, Reuben Foster, who really kicked off this conversation for for Harry and I this week. Well, let's let's start chronologically. This week, what happened was Reuben Foster was booked on charges of domestic violence, not for the first time. This has been happening since he was playing at Alabama. And this was enough for the San Francisco 49ers to cut him, a former first round pick. Now, before we go and applaud the 49ers for this, let's be 100% clear that if he was good at what he did, he would not have been cut. Yeah, I think the NFL teams and owners have shown a track record with um, Ray Rice and Greg Hardy, Ben Roethlisberger. If you're winning, 
they're not going to cut you. It affects their bottom line. Talent and success trumps everything in the NFL. The billion dollar industry that it is trumps everything in the NFL. Except kneeling, apparently. Yeah, apparently uh, exercising your First Amendment right that's outlined in the Constitution is, you know, too too far. But beating your girlfriend or wife is totally acceptable. It is absolutely horrific how so Reuben Foster, after being cut from the 49ers, literally 24 hours later, was picked up off waivers by the Washington professional football team. So Harry refuses to say Washington Redskins because he finds it really offensive. I'm supportive of that. So we will refer to them as uh, just Washington for the remainder of this pod. But in case you were wondering who we were talking about, he's talking about Washington, D.C.'s team. Washington Redskins. Um, yeah, so they picked him up. And one of the coaches, I can't remember which one, but one of the coaches on Washington made a comment that I thought was worse than the actual signing. I think his name is Doug Williams. Doug Williams, yeah. Uh, he basically said that people are blowing it out of proportion and he, if he can perform, they can turn a blind eye to it. Literally just walk to the media, bold face said it without blinking an eye, no shame, no regret. The fact that you can say that with that kind of attitude without even blinking shows how prevalent that attitude is. I think in professional football. And this guy has like six daughters all daughters and this is i mean i couldn't imagine if if my dad said that i i don't i mean i wouldn't not love him but if my dad said something like that i would probably get into the biggest pissing contest of my life with my father just be like i can't believe you respect me that little to where you would say something like that on national television mind you it was Horrific. And then what is Washington got quote unquote lucky that Kareem Hunt's video came out two days later. So they got swept under the rug. Yeah. Everybody stopped talking about uh, Reuben Foster as soon as TMZ Sports dropped this Kareem Hunt video from what his like first year in the NFL. Uh, it was in the off season. Okay, yeah. So and so it was a while ago. Yeah. No, it, it was February or something. Yeah. But um, technically, what was on the video was not domestic violence because he did not know the woman. She was just trying to get into his room. But regardless of what she does, you can't put your hands on her, man. <laughs> I don't know what's worse. The okay, I shouldn't say that. What he did was pretty bad. I mean, the video is pretty explicit. Like the. He pushes one of his friends and the woman and throws both of them into a wall. The woman is is then on the ground. So she's no longer a threat. And Harry and I kind of go back and forth on this, um, whether or not a man can defend himself against a woman. 
in these kinds of situations. Um, I think there's a gray area, but this was not it. No. So which is the point I'm making, right? So she's very clearly not attacking him anymore, right? She's on the ground. He walks over and just blasts her with a kick. Like there's no camera angle that's going to make this look any better. Like just straight up kicks her in the stomach and she's she's lying there on the ground like she was not doing anything you just wanted to get in an extra hit that alone is enough well that kind of behavior shows that this is a pattern not you know if if this was the only time he's done something like this you don't you know, go and kick someone on the ground. No, if and if it Man, was Man, woman, anyone. If it was really self-defense, like once you were not threatened anymore, you wouldn't be making any kinds of like physical actions. And he was very irate in the video. Like whether it was aggression or whether it was aggression that was heightened by drinking or any kind of other substance, like we don't know, right? Um, if they were partying, you would assume that at least alcohol was flowing. So I would like to address that aggression as, you know, a former football, someone who played football for a majority of my life. Um, From the time you're in middle school, you are taught to nurture and keep that aggression, that hatred, that anger at your forefront at all times. Because, you know, football season is a time when you cannot perform unless you want to physically hurt the person in front of you. Yeah. I don't fully buy that because I am a very aggressive person, especially when it comes to athletics. I mean, I actually fought for a while. Um, I can, I mean, there's plenty of instances where I'm very aggravated and my aggression wants to come out, but I'm still a capable enough human to read a situation and understand that I need to quell my aggression and I need to have my aggression take a backseat. And I'm a hyper aggressive person. You're also a responsible person who is emotionally mature. Exactly. So just so using this whole like football, you're taught to be aggressive. You're taught to foster that aggression. I'm not going to I'm not going to buy that. You're you're a responsible adult. You've been in situations where your aggression has been pushed and you've been able to hold it in. You know, there. I think there's a there's a difference when you're talking about locker room instances and maybe like on field fights or during practice. Those are different instances. But when you're talking about in the real world, like. I trust you if we're out in a situation, right? You're not no matter how much your aggression has been fostered through football your entire life. You're not going to go up and beat someone's ass, male or female. Uh, but let's just say male for argument's sake, right? Because they made you mad. Like no, this kid's because just, that's what children do. This kid's just never felt any consequences for his action. None of these guys have. None of them. And that's the real root of this issue. You've never had a consequence once for doing something wrong because you've had a skill set that has been able to overlook it. When you are one of the 10 best people in the world at what you do, I guess it's hard for the regular rules to apply to you. And that's just 
systemic from, you know, I think you probably have a better lens to look at it through because you played Texas high school football. Um, over here in California, I noticed when I, when I went to Michigan and I lived there and I was watching football there. I mean, I was very close to Stanford growing up. I went to college not far from UCLA or USC. Like we have big football programs here in California. Um, but the culture is very different, very different here from it was in the Midwest. And I can only imagine what it's like at schools like Alabama, Oklahoma. Right. I think it's just a different well, kind just of culture. A little anecdote from high school. Um, I think I've told you this before, but we would watch film because I before I got switched to quarterback, I played defense. And when I was on defense, when we had film study, coach would pull up film and we'd look at the roster and he'd be like, hey, wide receiver number 13. He had he tore his left ACL last year. So if you tackle him, put your weight on his left leg. Yeah, we've talked about that before. You and I have very different opinions on how we feel about that. Um, I'm personally okay with that because if it's in between the whistles and you're not breaking any rules, go for it. Yeah. I don't want that to take away from the discussion that we're trying to have today. So I'm going to, that's a separate point. I'm going to leave that one, leave that one be. Um, But it's 2018. And in the past week, we've had two NFL players have domestic violence issues come up or just um, domestic abuse issues, right? Well, this goes back. This is a problem that's been going back before Ray Rice, but the whole Ray Rice incident really put it on the map. And the NFL had to wait for public, the public reaction to Ray Rice to do anything about it. The only reason there was a public reaction is because the video happened. Yeah. Everyone knew about Ray Rice's, you know, scuffle would be to put it nicely with his girlfriend at the time. And then once the video came out, then it was like, oh shit, no, he actually punched her lights out. She did hit him first though in the video. Yes. But you and I have had this conversation before, so we can, we can bring it up now. You can't, use that as a defense in these cases because men see women as the weaker sex. So you should be able to, by society standards, able to take that and react without hitting somebody. Oh, no, I agree. I'm just trying to play devil's advocate over here. Yeah, but unfortunately, there's a really good argument that disproves that. I mean, if you want to take in it, and I... I don't think that it's fair for someone to not be able to defend themselves. Like if you're a male and a woman is coming at you, right? Let's look at Joe. Mix. This is exactly what happened in the Joe Mixon, Oklahoma state. You should be able to defend yourself to, to an extent. Um, There's also language in the law that talks about, you have to be like in imminent danger of a serious threat. So I think that plays the men's disadvantage here because 
you view women as the weaker sex. So therefore, because they're weaker, you really aren't in any imminent danger if she doesn't have a knife, she doesn't have a gun, right? You're not really fearing your life. A 105 pound woman isn't going to be able to do much to a 230 pound linebacker, right? So until you change that perspective, you're not going to ever be able to get away with, I was defending myself against a woman who was 110 pounds. Like you weren't really in any serious danger. Yeah. The Joe Mixon one, there's video of her cornering him in a restaurant and he couldn't get by her while she was assaulting him. And he open handed slapped her once and walked out the door and he was booted from his team and got it, it, it cost him from being a first round pick to being undrafted. So like $10 million. Yeah, I think that's where you get into the gray area. And I mean, you're taught as a kid, like you don't fight violence with violence and two wrongs don't make a right. Um, So if you're going to carry that through, then that applies to that situation. But that's definitely like a shittier situation. Right. And that's the exception. That's not that's not the common theme here. If you're looking Mm -hmm. at Ray Rice, you're looking at Greg Hardy, you're looking at Kareem Hunt, you're looking at Tyreek Hill. Ruben Foster. Uh, since you mentioned Tyreek Hill, can we, every time I'm making it a point, even with my friends, every time Tyreek Hill's name comes up because I play fantasy football with my friends, I need to mention that in 2014, while in college at Oklahoma State, Tyreek Hill choked his pregnant girlfriend, sat on her, punched her repeatedly in the stomach. His pregnant girlfriend. Yeah, he's a piece of shit. And he's lucky that it happened when he was in college with and there's no video of it and well and with time before the draft. Right. Like if that happens right before the draft, he's fucked. Mm -hmm. Well, that that was the reason he fell like to the fourth round. But he was still picked up. (laughs) I mean, um. You know, when when we were doing our research for this episode, because it is a really controversial topic and, you know, we want to be sensitive to both sides while having this hard conversation. I happen to pull up a list of NFL players who have been charged with domestic violence since, I don't know, 2012. And when we it's a list that makes me feel bad about watching football. When we release this episode, you'll see all the names just with a domestic violence charge. So that means domestic violence had to be on the name of the charge and the list of football players arrested in the NFL for battery, assault, sexual assault every, is, is quite long. It takes up the entire social media post that we're going to release with this episode. Um, you know, Josh Brown, who was a kicker for the New York Giants, which is my NFL team, like, He's a piece of shit who is charged with domestic violence against his wife. And um, it's a weird thing because it's not. It's kind of like rape, right? The victim isn't always going to come forward. Um, The evidence isn't always going to be there by the time that they do come forward. So there's a lot of it becomes a lot of he said, she said, and it just puts a big disservice to the victim and in our justice system, the burden of proof falls on, you know, the person bringing the claim to court. So in criminal court, that's a standard beyond a reasonable doubt. And that's a very hard standard to meet. And if all your evidence is gone, by the time you bring it to court, 
you're going to have a hard time winning that case. So a lot of these guys get to walk or they'll settle out of court, which means that it doesn't go on their record. That doesn't mean they're not a piece of shit and they didn't do it. It just means that they settled or the woman was too scared to bring it forward. Yeah, I mean, it's very tough because it does in these circumstances do the victim a disservice. But you especially, you know, as someone who studied law, understand why that the burden of proof is so high in certain things in, in like criminal cases. Yeah, but I think, you know, kind of taking it out of the sports lens specifically, if you look at rape case law back to. Think about how far away the 70s is from now. For the longest time, it wasn't considered rape if the woman didn't like fight against the man like fiercely or super loudly vocalize her dissent. So that means if you're intoxicated and you can't consent verbally, you didn't fight back, then it wasn't rape. Right. So just historically, rape law in this country is really fucked up. Um, so you're kind of already setting the system up to be skewed anyway. And that can go back to like back in those days. If you look at the people making the laws. Excuse me. There was um, you're just looking at like old white guys who, you know, good old boys club. I mean, I could go in, I can go hard in the paint over it, but I won't go off topic too much. But it's just really frustrating. I think it's really frustrating as a fan of the NFL, like. To just have something that I'm willing to put my hard earned money into, tell me that, uh, well, you know, you don't really matter because the bottom line is so great. Like money is the ultimate factor in all of this, right? Greg Hardy is a prime example. Jerry Jones says Cowboys have zero tolerance for domestic violence, but Greg Hardy, they give him the captain patch, it's a captain patch and is such an impact player on defense that they're willing to overlook it. Such an impact player that his teammates who disagree with him are willing to overlook it because they're winning a la Jason Witten, who was talking, who was criticizing um, the Reuben Foster signing when he was talking about, the when he was doing the broadcast for Monday Night Football, but failed to mention his support of Greg Hardy when all that shit was going down in Dallas. Not just failed to mention, like he was talking about how great uh, Hardy was playing that game. Like, are you fucking kidding me, dude? Like, seriously? Um, you know, Greg Hardy is somebody who really makes my blood boil because I'm a huge MMA fan. And when Greg Hardy basically lost his career in the NFL. He's like, I'm going to go try MMA. And this is around the time that the UFC signed CM Punk. So you just know this Greg Hardy is signing. This Greg Hardy signing is coming. Well, Dana White tried to make it sound like he was going to be a halfway decent human being, but didn't work. We all know Dana White is no better than Roger Goodell. Um, I think they're buddies. So that would make sense. Um, so 
Greg Hardy, you know, Dana's like, well, you know, he needs to go through his amateur fights. We're not just going to give him a pro contract. He goes on the new contender series for the UFC, knocks some guy out. Well, now he has a contract with the UFC and is fighting in the UFC. Literally a guy who is charged with domestic violence should not be anywhere near a gym where they're teaching you how to fight. Like when we had guys come into the gym, like my coaches were great about that. If there was a guy who walked into our gym who was like, oh, I want to learn to fight because I want to, you know, like fuck someone's face up. That's not a guy my coaches would take on. Like, I think there's this misconception around fighting specifically about everyone's like hyper aggressive. As I was just saying, I was hyper aggressive earlier, um, <laughs> hyper aggressive. And they're just like looking for a fight and, you know, MMA specifically. And I did Muay Thai, Brazilian Jiu Jitsu. You're there because you want to learn this art form, this discipline. There's so much that goes into it. You know, it's not just like cockfighting, like they used to call it back in the day in like 1992 when this first came out and it was like no rules, no holds bar fighting. Um, you know, so it's just really frustrating for Greg Hardy to now be in the UFC where he's being trained to hurt people. Like we know from his pattern, Greg Hardy is a person who gets off by hurting people. Clearly. Like, I don't think that's disputable at this point. So sure. Let's train him to do it even more. It's the stupidest fucking thing I've ever heard. Like, I'm so disappointed in the UFC and the NFL as a whole. Yeah, what you were saying about how your coaches were pretty good about not taking on those kind of guys. Every level of football I played was the opposite. They like would put those guys like on a pedestal. It's like, hey, look how aggressive Jason was. Jason went and fucked that dude up because he talked shit. That's the aggression. That's the anger. I want to see out of all each and every one of you is what we heard. I just like, and when I think about Colin Kaepernick's situation, it makes my blood boil even more. Like I am not a Colin Kaepernick fan as a football player, right? I thought he was overpaid when San Francisco gave him that massive contract after they went to the Super Bowl, right? And they lost to Baltimore. But <laughs> for Colin Kaepernick to currently not have a job in the NFL when Washington has literally just gone through three quarterbacks. Josh Johnson threw a pass for Washington. And if you don't know who Josh Johnson is, fucking exactly. He hasn't thrown a pass since 2011. The fact that you called in Mark Sanchez to work out for your team who left the game. He didn't even finish the game. First of all, he left the game with a 10.58 QB rating. 10.58. He's not even good enough to be third string. Mark Sanchez couldn't start for USC today. I don't know. I don't. I don't know what Mark Sanchez is doing with his life, but football should not he's, be it. He's running into his lineman's ass and fumbling the ball. Seriously. I mean, so I don't think that his career is as bad as that past, but it's clearly also not as good as his two AFC, you know, championship runs. Um, but so for Colin Kaepernick to not have a job right now, you're, it just boggles my mind. Like, 
I, I can't, I, I don't even know if I can articulate it. Like I'm so frustrated. The only, yeah, the only hope I have is that this kind of overt bullshit all helps his collusion case against the NFL. It has to there at this point, there's no way it doesn't. And the thing that really makes my blood boil, like not to get super political, but I, I don't really see this falling any other way than being political conservatives for the most part are the ones who have a problem with him kneeling, right? Like you're disrespecting our troops. You're disrespecting our flag. Blah, 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 blah. This is, and let's be completely honest. If he was kneeling for say, Hey, we don't pay teachers enough in this country. There wouldn't be, they would all be supporting it. Exactly. It's because it comes down to this law enforcement deal and whatever. It's so fucking frustrating, especially since that's not even what his protest is about. But I think it's really funny that conservatives, especially who have an issue with this, have a very big issue with Colin Kaepernick expressing his First Amendment right that is explicitly stated. His freedom of speech, peaceful protest, which is what it is. He's not doing anything, not inciting violence. They have a problem with that. But the same side of the coin who cries foul about their second amendment right to bear arms. So I mean, just doesn't really make a lot of logical sense. I just really had to bring that up because it's very frustrating, especially when cap doesn't have a job right now. Anyway, that's my only point I was going to make about that. It's just, this is just a thing that's been rehashed so many times. I don't know what else we can say about it. You yeah, know? I think the biggest thing at this point is, you know, it's very clearly collusion at this point to not have cap in the NFL when you have in this week alone, Reuben Foster and Kareem Hunt. And if Reuben Foster was Ray Lewis, that'd be a different story. But Reuben Foster is a bum of a first round pick. He's not even good. This is like if Eric Flowers was um convicted of domestic violence the giants would have been like oh thank god we get to cut him now hallelujah and then tom coughlin hired him right back in jackson no don't do that to tom tom's never done anything bad to you you shut your mouth no 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 tom literally hired eric flowers in jacksonville eric flowers is starting in jacksonville because tom coughlin brought him back tom (sighs) i thought you were better than that well you know that that's where eli is going if he ever gets cut from the giants (laughs) <laughs> move over Blake Bortles even though I think Eli would probably outplay Blake Bortles but speaking of Blake Bortles I loved his quote today what do you say um you know how he got benched for playing like shit yeah um somebody asked him about his contract because he got paid he got his contract last year and he was like I'm glad I tricked them a year early <laughs> I was like yes you get that money man I mean That's but that's what happens. You're so if a player doesn't play well, you're willing to stick, especially in Cleveland, right? Like you have these star quote unquote players who go to Cleveland and they just shit the bed there because Cleveland's terrible. Um, Mm -hmm. Kudos to Baker Mayfield for making anything remotely decent happen over there. But So you're going to bench Blake Bortles and you're willing to pay him his millions of dollars, but you can't take the hit for the dude who beats his wife or girlfriend. 
I mean, this is this is a team named what they're named, owned by Dan Snyder. Yeah, I mean, I mean I, but I th- the Redskins are obviously in the hot seat. But fuck the ch- look at the Chiefs. The Chiefs are the one who signed um, Tyreek Hill. Yeah, I mean, I, he was just lucky that his thing happened three years before he came to the NFL. Exactly, and then so you know, Cream Hunt. I th- oh man, I think the point I was going to make earlier that I never made was his u- his interview that he asked for to explain himself. Oh my god! Literally, all he said was, "My mom raised me yeah, better than that." And it, clearly, she did no, not. No, or clearly, like I I now wonder if your mom and your grandmother are scared of you. That was something that was talked about in the Reuben Foster case was like, I guess they said that the girlfriend had like lied before, but after this like third allegation that came out, it's more likely that he's so physically abusive and imposing that she lied about lying to save herself from any like further physical punishment from him. That is plausible. Um, but I just think these cases are so bad with the facts. We don't need to speculate beyond the facts right now. I think that takes away from. No, I think that one's pretty, pretty solid. Uh, they've, they've been able to conclude that pretty effectively at this point. So, I mean, it comes down to like the kind of victim blaming that happens. This is always going to be a problem. Like until you can. You know, we, we've talked about it in off pod on more of like the, the sexual assault cases that have come through. Um, you know, we've talked about like, you're never going to be able to give the guy the benefit of the doubt until you change rape culture in this country. And that means that you're going to have to believe the victim maybe more than the innocent until proven guilty, like standard that we like to think this country operates on, but doesn't especially in sexual assault cases where like the evidence is gone so quickly. Right. And the, the victim could be in shock and maybe not have been able to get to a hospital in time for the rape kit to be done. I think like these issues are such big gray areas. Like there's not, there's not a black and white answer to it, but we're going to have to, we've given so much to the male side of it, right. That you're going to have to give a little bit to the victim side at some point, if we ever want to see some kind of change, whether it's domestic violence, sexual assault, I think that's one of the only ways we can really move forward. And until men can start seeing women as equal and not inferior based off their sex, you're going to run into these problems. You're not going to be able to defend yourself, right? Because women are inferior, because that's what you've built societally. Yeah, no, I agree. I just think it's a, there's, there's no cut and dry answer for this. And I think, um, you know, since you're over in Europe, we were talking about this. This isn't just a United States problem. This is a global problem. So do you want to talk about earlier this year? um, The Irish rugby team had a case where Two players had non allegedly non-consensual sex with a woman. Um, the thing about this one is I don't 
This one is not just a he said, she said. This one has text messages, WhatsApp messages, Facebook messages saying, oh, yeah, um, I did this. Then I passed her to you. Like just disgusting stuff talking about what they did to her. Like there's evidence here. Yeah. And they still walked free. And then the like one of the guys said afterwards, like, I'm really sorry if that's how she feels afterwards. It's like, are you fucking kidding me, dude? You're sorry for how she feels? I mean, I get it. You can't come out and say, well, yeah, I raped her. But you did. And you just bragged about it in your text messages and your WhatsApp. Um, I think this idea of consent while drinking is a really hot button topic. Um, Look. If you can't operate, if you can't drive home after drinking, right? If you blow a 0.08 and are drinking, you don't, you shouldn't be allowed to consent to sex either. Here's where I don't like that analogy. If you drink and get behind the wheel of a car, who's responsible? Well, you are for driving the car. But if you get too drunk and have sex, you're not responsible. No. If both part, like if you're too drunk to consent, you're too drunk to consent. Like you can't have it both ways. You can't be like, ah, oh, well, you're drinking. Well, I thought, I thought she was fine. I thought he was fine. So what, if, what if both parties are drunk? I mean, I think this is a bigger issue of like, it's just fine to get blitzed out of your mind and make really poor decisions. Well, I, I think what I didn't like about your analogy was if, if you get drunk and get behind the wheel of a car, you're going to jail because it's, you're the one responsible for your choice. Yeah. But if you're also drunk and someone said like, so if you start having sex with somebody and then at some point you say no and you stop, like it's not, like if you stopped when somebody said no, then it's not rape, right? Like mm-hmm. they're like, oh, okay, no, you don't want to move forward. If somebody like if you're drunk and somebody says no, and you're like, no, no, it's fine. Well, we started, and like, or if somebody is so drunk and incapacitated that they can't verbally give you like an okay, like yes, I want to have sex with you, then no, it's not the person who's so drunk out of their mind. Like it's not their responsibility. Like you shouldn't. I don't care, you know, how buzzed or whatever the other person is like, you should understand that that means no, like you shouldn't do that. I don't know. I, I just yeah, like, I, I agree completely. I, I, I wasn't arguing that. I just said, I don't, it's, it's a not equivalent. Analogy I guess I'm not, there. I guess I shouldn't like make it as a fully equivalent analogy, but I just think that there's something to be said for <laughs> alcohol being a substance that can lit like, if you're going to a party and you're drinking, any party is drinking or doing any kind of drug, right? You have to be aware, like, this is something that renders you incapable of making rational decisions, right? So mm-hmm. that there's something to be said for that. And for the kind of like emotional damage that sexual assault can take. And, and if you're somebody who I don't think this is the likely case, but I think it does happen. Um, you know, 
the the male party could be a little buzz too and think that the the person is consenting right that can happen that does happen i don't think it happens more often than not but it does so i i just there's so many moving parts in these equations in these problems that it's not ever going to be cut and dry but that has to be something that's talked about. Like you're ingesting something where they actually have a legal limit of where you're considered too impaired to drive. And most people don't think that they're too impaired at that point. So if we're talking about sexual consent and drinking, I think that that is something to be considered. Maybe not necessarily like, Oh, the blood alcohol content level, but I mean, it's something to consider like literally this is not good. I don't know how you, no, I don't know I how you enforce and, and that, but you know, I mean, it's not great. I think it's one of these things that's very easy to draw the line morally, but to enforce it legally is right now. It's looking like we don't know how to do no, it, but maybe it's because people aren't having these conversations, right? So if you can educate people more, if you can have these conversations, like, to pretend that high school kids aren't having sex at parties is stupid. So maybe if instead of, you know, teaching unrealistic sexual education, which a lot of people want to teach based off of Christian morals that not everybody practices or even Christians don't practice, you're doing a disservice to young men, right? You're doing a disservice to young women. So I think like if you can just start it with education and informing people, maybe we're we're already in a better spot than we were before. I don't know. Yeah. Um, yeah, just the conversation being at the forefront of public eye is necessary for any progress to be made. Um, the thing is, we keep having the discussion, but it just gets stonewalled there. I mean, it's like fucking thoughts and prayers, right? Like, I'm tired yeah. of thoughts and prayers. It's now happened way too many times where thoughts and prayers are, you know, not gonna. Uh, I also. Uh, your thoughts and prayers are nice, but it doesn't do but shit. At the same time, I also think it comes down to how young men are, are raised to an extent. Like, I'm not worried about you. Right. Like, I'm. I wasn't, I was never worried about you in college, right? I'm not worried about my brothers. I'm not worried mm -hmm. about how, the, how they were raised. So maybe it comes down to, you can't, there have to be consequences for small actions in the beginning, right? Like I remember when I would tell a white lie when I was a kid, my parents would ground me and they'd say like, you don't get any TV tonight. I'm like, mm -hmm. I'm like, but Why? Like, I'm sorry. Like, I just don't want to get in trouble. You got off a little bit easier than me. Yeah. <laughs> you know what? But I'm just using an example, right? I mean. Yeah, yeah. But there was still a consequence. Like, my parents would tell me, like, well, if you were just honest from the beginning, you wouldn't be in this situation, would you? No. So, I mean, there were consequences for little actions. Like, if I forgot to take the trash out and I lied and I said I took it out, right? So, like, so yeah. minute. Like, it doesn't really impact anybody's day or, like, it's not a life or death situation. But... So, basically, uh, just responsible parenting. Exactly. It's not that fucking hard. Well, and not even parent. Maybe in school. 
Maybe if somebody does something shitty in school, you don't give them a pass because mommy and daddy donated $2 million to the school. You know what I mean? I mean, it's just like the basic. I don't know. I don't know. Maybe we can start there. See if that cleans anything up. I mean, I know I was afforded some luxuries as an athlete in high school. And I know you were too. Like as much as it would suck to not have had those, maybe you don't give those perks to athletes. You know, you're just like perpetuating a culture of exclusivity. Yeah, um, that's a different discussion. I'm yeah. I mean, like, I'm just trying to find the root of some of these problems. I mean, if you're like bringing it down to a root of some of these problems, right? Like, these are all possible. Well, I mean, so- yeah, it all comes down to like a, pr- a quid pro quo. Like, you will get if you benefit me, I'll benefit you. Is what it comes down to. And the way the money runs right now, athletes benefit institutions more than anyone else. Yep. Which also comes down to athletes are also just like um, disposable cogs of the wheel, right? Like certain Mm -hmm. players aren't, but I think it's a lot harder on a basketball team, right? You're not going to be able to replace a LeBron. You're going to be able to replace that running back in two years with the draft. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, no, we didn't solve any world problems today, but... I would hope that at least the discussion, you know, brings other people to uh, think differently about the the situation. Yeah, this is one of those things that nobody likes to talk about. Nobody feels good talking about it. Nobody enjoys bringing it up, but we do it because I feel like if you have the the ability to say something about it, you kind of have the responsibility to. So. I know you're not a huge fan of him, but I was listening to Brendan Schaub's podcast and um, he was talking about Greg Hardy. And so the UFC kind of just gave another huge fuck you um, to domestic violence victims across the world. And they put Greg Hardy on a card um, with, I believe her name is Rachel Ostrich and she's fighting Paige Van Zandt. And she literally was just beaten by her husband and now has a restraining order against him and is going through all that. And the UFC is like, you know, who would be a great person to put you on a card with Greg Hardy. Does she have any interaction with him just because they're on the same night though? Uh, Well, it depends on what locker room she's in. I would say Mm -hmm. probably because she's Greg Hardy's probably not the favorite. And, um, You know, I mean, I don't think that really should matter. I think it's more of like, it's not that hard to put Greg Hardy on another card. I mean, you're talking about this just happened like last week. Not this happened in her past, right? Like this is Mm -hmm. fresh, like just happened. Um, So I basically said, oh, it's Greg Hardy. Great person to put you on a card with. And Brendan Schaub said, I will give any intern at the UFC, like, did no one think to speak up and say, like, yo, maybe this isn't the best PR move we can make. Make Maybe this isn't the best decision. I can respect that. I think that a lot of people don't speak up in those situations. And the more people we have speaking up in these kinds of situations, the closer we'll come to, like, a solution to the problem. But kudos to Brendan Schaub for speaking up on his platform about it. There's, uh, I'm just kind of, I don't know where to go from here, you know? Yeah. I mean, like, I don't, 
we're not obviously going to have a resolution, but mm-hmm. this is more of just like we started the conversation and I think we're open to continuing the conversation if somebody has a constructive differing view. Um, I don't know. I think this is a pretty easy moral line though. Like it's not hard to just like not beat the shit out of somebody. Hey, everybody keep your fucking hand to yourself. (laughs) It's like the, it's like the physical version. If you don't have any nice thing, anything nice to say, like don't say anything at all. Like if you're not going to be nice, like don't touch somebody. I don't know. I mean, Obviously, I've gotten angry and punched a hole in my wall multiple times, but I've never hit anybody. Yeah, I mean, like, I also don't think that we want to equate, like, moments of anger and when you're in a room by yourself and you're pissed to not being able to be emotionally mature enough to, like, not beat somebody because you're mad. Right? Like, I think those are very different situations, but... I think it's just hard for you and me to comprehend how that happens. It is. Like how, how somebody can do that. I I think it is. It's like, and I guess if you can see that perspective of like how somebody could do that, I don't know if you're somebody I want to be friends with. Uh, (laughs) Yeah. You better be careful. Like, I don't know if I want that person in my life, but, um, (laughs) I guess like the difference of opinion that could come down to it is how we approach the situation, right? Like not like morally, where do you stand on if this is right or wrong, but like, how do we, how do we go? Where do we go from here? Like, I think you and I always agree, like morally something is, is wrong, but how we would like approach fixing it might be different. So Mm -hmm. I think we'll just leave this one here open-ended. Um, like we said before, this wasn't like a, happy pod episode this wasn't ever going to bring you like any joy but hopefully it made you think um and makes you think like moving forward and um to everyone listening if you know there's anything you want to chime in with any points you want to make if there if there's anything you feel like we missed please you know comment uh contact us because we don't want this just to be a discussion between us. We want this to be a discussion that catches fire and spreads. Yeah. Like we, we can't affect any change if we don't, you know, start with a small conversation, but if we don't involve everybody, like we're not going to get anywhere. So join us. Yeah. I mean, I don't really know how to end this episode other than guys just, Be better people, man. Everybody just be better. Yeah. Just like try and put some positivity and kindness out into the world. Like no matter where you stand on partisan lines or, you know, how you go about your day, just like there's one thing we could all use in the world right now. It's just a little bit more love and positivity. So I think we'll just end on that. Be kind to one another. Help your neighbor out. Just like don't be a piece of shit. And if you can do something good for somebody today. There you go. I think we'll end on that. All right. Good night, everybody. Good night, everybody.